Hi, I'm Carla Wainwright. And I'm Little Leah. And welcome to the Radical Sex Witches podcast, where we explore the themes of sexuality, feminism, consciousness, love, healing, ritual, magic, and all things witchy and wonderful. Hello, all you gorgeous goddesses. Welcome back to another episode of the Radical Sex Witches. I'm Little Leah, and with me, as always, is the lovely Carla Wainwright. Hello, my friend. Hello, Leah. How are you today? I am fantastic. I don't know about you. It's getting warmer out. We're wearing less clothes. I've mentioned this before, but it's worth repeating. And so that's why today we're going to be talking about the summer solstice, which is coming up on June 20th. And I know you are a massive fan of this day. I'm a big fan of the solstice. I'm a big fan of summer. I'm a big fan of less clothes. (laughs) I'm a big fan of all of it. Same. Especially up here in the north where we live. It's very limited. We've got to make the most of it. Um, I don't know if people at home know this, but the word solstice comes from Latin words. Sol, sol means sun. And how do you say this? Stitium? Yep. Stitium is still or stopped. So it's essentially the longest day of the year. Maybe you can dive a bit more into that. Sure. So it's the longest day of the year, of course, in the in the northern hemisphere and in the right. southern hemisphere, they have the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. And it was funny, I was talking with somebody in Australia the other day who was talking and she was in Sydney about how cold it was. And I just burst out laughing because I'm sure that their cold is still like 10 times summer. warmer than <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pretty much Better on. <laughs> Um, but here, yeah, in the Northern Hemisphere, it is the the solstice is the longest day, the day of the most sunlight. And um, yeah, it's a really magical day, especially because we live fairly far north. So, you know, the sun doesn't set till past 10 p.m. and is up, you know, 3.30 or something like that. So it's quite incredible. There's only just a few hours of darkness. And um, yeah, just having so much light is really, really amazing. I really love that day. Me too. I I love when, you know, it's really light out at like 4am and I wake up. I don't know why I like it. But um, also too, the summer solstice does make me a tiny bit sad because I know on that day, like that's when our days are, you know, they're going to start to get shorter. And like, dude, we literally just started summer. So what the fuck is that all about? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So that marks, you know, the solstice marks the uh, official summer, but for us, it kind of comes, summer comes a little bit before that. And definitely by August, it's, it's starting to get cooler, but you know, in the wheel of the year, the summer solstice is considered one of the eight Sabbaths and it's also called Litha. And, um, it's just a really, really important day. We're going to talk a little bit about how cultures celebrated this. And, um, Litha is a Celtic goddess, uh, the Saxon grain goddess, and she corresponds to the Greek Demeter or the Roman series. And um, another really actually cool fact about the Celtics uh, way of of celebrating the solstice is that um, Druids believed that snakes came together on the solstice night to create what was called glane or a Druid's egg. So, and that conferred magical powers to the possessor. So I am going to be on the lookout on the 20th for um, the Druid's egg because I would really love to be conferred some magical powers. Um, Maybe I can go with you and, you know, And then we can use our powers for evil against men. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not jaded. Okay, let's keep this moving along. Um, So 
I guess when we go back to like those time, those times, this was a really big deal, was it not? Yeah, it's amazing actually how you can find in civilizations, cultures all over the world, how this day, the summer solstice, and then of course, equally the winter solstice was a really big deal. And, you know, I think it's really because it marked the point in the year, of course, where the sun stopped moving <clears throat> northward and, <clears throat> excuse me, in the sky. And so they could start to track the movement once again of the sun moving southward as summer turned to autumn. And so what that helped people do is really determine when it was time to plant and harvest different crops. So we see um, in these cultures and in uh, monuments and ruins all over the world, these incredible architectural feats that pinpoint this day exactly. Like it kind of blows my mind that the technology existed in civilizations all over the world that were able to create these buildings or these structures that on this day, and then conversely on the winter solstice, that something very specific would happen. Like there'd be a portal with light or something would become illuminated. And that, you know, like I said, all over the world, you see this, it's really amazing. So do you think like Stonehenge is one of those examples? Absolutely. Stonehenge, you know, these stones were, were uh, aligned on the solstice axis and the sun appears at precise points between the stones. Um, and I still think, like, I actually got to visit uh, Stonehenge before there was a, a gate around it or right. you had to step back for it. was pretty amazing. Um, but I believe, like, every year there are big parties around Stonehenge to, yeah, celebrate the solstice and the light and this particular alignment of light that you can see um, in these stones that are thousands of years old and like, you know, how the hell they move them. Like, it's really amazing. Well, yeah. And then that's, that brings me to other things like pyramids. What's this? How do, how do you say this pyramid of, I want to say chicken, chicken, <laughs> chicken, chicken, yeah. eating some chicken pyramid. Chicken <laughs> Itza is in Mexico on the Yucatan Peninsula. And, uh, an incredible civilization. I also got a chance to be there. Um, and yeah, really phenomenal. The, the, the architecture and the intricacies there. What, what's so cool about Chichen Itza is that the way that it was built um, on the solstice and actually on the equinoxes as well, because my birthday is on the spring equinox and I was there on that day along with 10,000 other people. Oh, wow. The light hits the main temple in such a way that it creates shadows of triangles, which looks like a serpent is moving along the side of the temple. Like amazing, right? Yeah, right on those four days. So the two equinoxes and the two solstices, that serpent, um, because of this combination of shadow and light will appear. So you can, I mean, if you just think about the the math that had to go into that, the architecture, all of the things, and that they could actually pull it off. It's pretty cool. We need to get time travel happening really soon. I need to go see these things being put (laughs) together and, you know, kill Hitler. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What's the uh, temple of the sun in Machu Picchu? So this is another sacred temple that captures sunlight during the solstice and there are windows in the temple that they used. um, The light would align there and apparently sacrifices were made that were really important. Uh, So probably not a happy time for a few people, but maybe. I don't know, unless it was like the Hunger Games and it's like, I pledge tribute, you know, like (laughs) it could have been an honor. Maybe they wanted to die that way or, you know, like Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. 
Kalima. Maybe. <laughs> Get your fucking heart ripped out. <laughs> I'm not so convinced, but sure, we can just go with that. Maybe they really want it to be sacrificed. <laughs> you peasant. <laughs> Come with me. Yeah. Um, I cannot pronounce this one in Malta. How do you say that? I think it's Mandra Temple, and it's a 5,500-year-old temple that also aligns with both the, both the solstices and with, you know, light illuminating into a very specific part of the temple. And we also actually see this in the Temple of Karnak in Egypt. And this is a temple that was dedicated to the god of the sun and air, which is Amun. And there was an inner sanctum where it was perfectly aligned with sunset at the summer solstice. And so what would happen at that time is priests interpreted the beam of light as the will of God and his wishes for humanity. So it was a really, really important oracle that happened once a year on the summer solstice. Do you know what I find really kind of amazing about all of these different places? They're all in different, you know, different places in the world, yet they were practicing this magic. They were honoring you know, the change of the seasons, these assholes didn't have fucking the internet, or probably like even mail for that matter, like how as a collective in different places in the world was this all happening at once? It's it's pretty mind blowing. I totally agree. And I think this, if we can just pause and really feel into the magic of that, and the consciousness that is in the collective through really like time and space, it's so powerful. And that the, the quality and the capacity for human observation to really be able to notice exactly where the sun is in the sky and understand at what point it shifts back the other way. I mean, it's really, I think, speaks to like this remarkable capacity we have as human beings to be in connection with nature and, um, and use it in this way that's just so beautifully powerful and enlivening. And so many of us have forgotten that. So I think, you know, just even taking this moment to pause and really be like, holy shit, our ancestors were like fucking incredible (laughs) that they could do this. Absolutely. And there's a real big part of the summer solstice that, you know, obviously on a show named the radical sex, Witches, we need to talk about um, our ancestors were getting down and dirty and doing all sorts of baloney pony type of shit. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Uh, you know, like all these holidays, they just seem an opportunity to get it on. And why not? <laughs> you know, like- <laughs> I was going to say, you know, if it wasn't a pandemic, <laughs> I would yeah. start my summer fuck spree. Just kidding. <laughs> So there's always been this relationship between the solstice and the powerful fertile energy of the sun that we see reflected in nature. So of course, this is like a time where harvests are growing. There's a lot of abundance. There's a lot of energy. And it was actually really considered lucky to conceive a baby in many cultures during the solstice, especially in the Northern hemisphere, because a baby that would be born in the spring. So nine months later, you know, March, April-ish had a much greater chance of survival. A baby that was born in the winter I mean, I don't know when the. Oh, God. Now I just realized my parents were fucking in the summer and that's how I came to be. I've literally never thought about it. Really? You've never thought of that? (laughs) No, I haven't. (laughs) Maybe I'm a weirdo that I did figure that out years ago. No, you're not a weirdo. I'm sure there's like lots of people out there that have done the math that has just never dawned on me. And literally, when you said that, I was like, I got a picture of my parents frolicking like druids or something because I have to stop. (laughs) 
well, you know, our birthdays are within a couple of weeks of each other. So maybe we were both conceived on the summer solstice. I mean, we did start the show by saying less clothes, everyone's more friendly, <laughs> and here we are. So <laughs> and you know, like we'd mentioned all the other places that were doing things at the same time. Well, guess what? It's exactly the same for having sex during the solstice. Um <laughs> We, I think you need to mention what was going on in Sweden because that's a whole bunch of fucked up. <laughs> yeah, so in Sweden, and maybe this still happens, so if, if any of our Swedish listeners want to confirm, I know that I want to know. I'm pretty sure Leah wants to know, I too. I want so, to know, kind of. Kind of, So a tree was set up in the village and decorated uh, for the villagers to dance around, and then they would feast on copious amounts of herring and vodka. And... Um, which sounds all kinds of nasty. I'm, I'm sorry. But, but anyway, uh, all that uh, herring and vodka was an aphrodisiac. And so there's a Swedish proverb that says midsummer's night isn't long, but it says many cradles rocking. I mean, maybe it's making your sperms and eggs potent, the herring, but yeah, you, you could go fuck a stump on copious amounts of vodka. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. <laughs> and those kinky Egyptians, they were obviously up to stuff too. Yeah, absolutely. So they had a special ceremony in the temples that were dedicated to the goddess Vesta and the Vestal Virgins. And fires would be extinguished and rekindled. And so there is this, was a saying in ancient Egypt that you shouldn't have sex until the ashes from Vesta's fires are washed down the Nile. So there was like this whole ritual about, you know, watch, washing, watching the washed ashes, say that 10 times fast. And then that would be the sign to go fornicate. Yeah, that would never work today with the patience that men have. <laughs> They just all show up in the park at once with their boners and they're like, hey, we're here for the orgy. What do you mean we got to wait for this? <laughs> and then, you know, also too, there's magical things that come into play and in regards to sex. What about the singles? How did the singles like me participate? Like, yeah, was it like going into a field and masturbating with like 30 friends or what? Well, that sounds good, but um, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but in addition to that, <laughs> they would uh, cast charms and they would chant and pray to bring lovers to them. So spells to weave in to bring true love and uh, wearing special charms on their heart or maybe keep them under their pillow. Um, and another ritual would be to peel an apple in a circular motion. So you have that long spiral. Mm -hmm. And when it would fall to the ground, you were supposed to look in to the peel and see if you could notice the initials of your future lover. I think I just had a flashback to past life and I, I couldn't use a knife properly. And it was just like little <laughs> pieces of skin that fell on the ground. It's carrying over into the 21st century for fuck's sakes. <laughs> and that's why I didn't spell anybody. Magic was also thought to be at its highest point during the summer solstice. Yes. Yep. Um, so what would happen is, at least in, in Celtic uh, areas, they would like bonfires to help ba uh, banish demons and evil spirits. And in doing that, that would help lead the maidens to their future husbands. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
And people would wear protective garlands of herbs and flowers. And it was also considered the best night of the year to see fairy folk. So what you're supposed to do is rub a fern, rub fern seed on your eyelids at the stroke of midnight. And then you'll see some fairies. (laughs) That's probably because it was a fucking hallucinogen. (laughs) You know, I was thinking the same thing. And then I was thinking about the Eurovision contest movie, which I love. And uh, so in the scene where she leaves out those offerings for the the fairies and my kids, like in unison, all three of them turned and looked at me. They're like, that's so you. (laughs) (laughs) And that was a really happy moment for me. (laughs) It is me. I would leave stuff out for the fairies. (laughs) I would totally leave things out for the fairies. And I'm going to find some fern seed to rub on my eyelids (laughs) on the 20th. I can't wait to get that voice text message sent. Yeah, and hopefully I don't end up in a merge. So, <laughs> but it also too. So if you're rubbing this shit on your face, um, you have to like if you travel during the solstice, make sure it's only the straight lines. Is that right? Or you could be led astray by the fairy folk. Yeah, the, straight, the straight ley lines, which are these energetic lines. So I don't know if they were using divining rods to do that, but yes, if you you know stepped off the path. The fairies might take you away for good. Hmm. And what about St. John, John's Wort? Or no, yeah, St. John's Wort. Play yeah, this is kind of interesting. So, of course, there's always something that changes when the Christians come into play. So, you know, the solstice <laughs> was such a, a, a massive pagan holiday. And so uh, St. John's Day was um, to replace the solstice as a celebration. and. I mentioned earlier that people would wear these herbs, you know, as protective as protection against evil spirits. And one of the most powerful herbs was a herb called the chase devil. And it's actually now called St. John's wort because of the association with St. John's day, which is the summer solstice. So that's kind of interesting. That is kind of interesting, but you know, fuck the Christians. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry if you're Christians out there and we do love you, but we're talking the old, old ones. That needed to put their nose into this holiday. <laughs> so how do you celebrate, Carla? Do you, I'm sure that you do with your family. I do. I, um, I do a couple of things. So I always do something with my family. Uh, the solstice is a great time to revisit intentions or commitments that you might have made the last solstice in the winter or at the beginning of the new year. Um, so just doing some kind of, you know, lighting candle, maybe making a, an altar of some kind. We'll do that together and just do an intention setting. So I keep it pretty simple because um, I want to keep my family like <laughs> engaged and interested. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think they secretly enjoy it. And that's always a lot of fun. And I also, you know, have for years done a, a bigger community event uh, that might, you know, include some salutations and some ceremony and some movement and uh creating that collective um, intention as well as individual intention. So I always celebrate uh, in some way because it's just such a powerful day. I really feel like energetically there's a lot that we can receive if we really pay attention. That's awesome. I don't really celebrate it per se. Like 
I think if anything, I go and I sit out in my back deck and just enjoy the fact that I know it's going to be the longest day of the year. And like a lot of my magic is very internal inside of my brain and it is more in in the realm of intention setting. So I kind of just, you know, quietly tell myself these things and this is what, you know, I want to come to fruition, but I'm pretty low key witchy. That's perfect. Doesn't need to be big. Like, no. And that's something that we're going to talk about on future episodes too, for sure. Um, So what are some things that maybe like, say I'm just hearing about this for the first time ever. And I'm like, I need to do something for the solstice. What would you recommend? Yeah, a few things. So um, I always recommend doing some kind of decoration. So getting, you know, there's so many nice flowers out collecting wildflowers, maybe making a little altar with things that, you know, are important to you with sun images, uh, have something that represents fire. That's really nice. Another thing that can be really powerful is to put out a dish of water, maybe early in the day of the solstice and just let the sun, you know, really energize that bowl of water and then you can drink it you know when the sun goes down or at the end of the day and it just really represents the the expansiveness of light and then taking that light in into your body through water that's always really nice and that water sorry to cut you off could you save that water like you know how people like make full moon water for like spells and stuff so you could essentially this is my solstice juice Yeah, that's a really great idea. And, you know, put it in a bottle. And then if you're feeling like you need a a light boost, then just taking a little bit of that, like as an elixir. Yeah, it's a great idea. My son hooch. (laughs) Your son hooch. (laughs) Completely. And um, yeah, or maybe light a fire. You could, you know, put some kind of a talisman on your door if you want to sort of do the protective element. And if you've got a garden, spend time in the garden, be barefoot in the garden, really connect with the mm-hmm. earth. If you have herbs or anything you can harvest, you know, make some kind of meal that really uh, comes from what you've grown. If you're able to do that, that's always extra special. Awesome. Uh, we do have one more thing to cover that is pretty fan fucking tastic before we end the show. Carla has written a summer solstice limerick. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boils and ghouls, gather round. This is Carla's limerick. All right, here we go. How I love to fuck on the solstice, which brings on a delightful hypnosis. Diddling in the sun is such delightful fun and highly recommended to prevent pussy neurosis. I had to cover my mouth the whole time just so I wouldn't make a sound laughing. It was the most fantastic thing ever. I had so much fun putting that together. <laughs> so I, I'm actually going to make a challenge <clears throat> to our listeners. I want to hear your, uh, I want to hear your solstice limericks, the dirtier, the better, and we will read them out yes. on future episodes. So you know how to find us. You can find it in the show notes, uh, find us on our socials. And send me your dirty solstice limericks because we want to hear them. I do. Absolutely. I mean, you set the bar really high. Like she told me and she's like, and you should write one. And I was like, "Mm." I just gave up everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are at the end of our summer solstice extravaganza coming up on the next episode. Oh, oh. Oh, we're talking about orgasm. Ah, 
okay, I, I can't go down the rabbit hole of making sex noises. It's going to disturb a whole lot of fucking people. So as always, I'm little Leah. And I'm Carla. We're the Radical Sex Witches, and we will see you next time. Are you curious about how to liberate your inner witch and experience more pleasure, turn on, and a deeper connection to life? Head over to EmbracingShaktiTemple.com to learn how you can shed old limiting expectations, beliefs, and patterns, and finally let yourself be guided by your inner feminine wisdom and magic.